Welcome to the Christian Center's Sermon of the Week. And the message today is titled, One Another, because that's the church. It's about God, and it's about one another. Because I want to talk to you guys about the importance of one another. And I think in today's culture, we tend to focus on the man in the mirror. How can I be benefited? How can I be encouraged? How can I be blessed? How can I get this or that? But today, I want to encourage you guys that it's not about you. It's not about you. God has called us to love others, to lay down our lives for the sake of others. You see, we've reduced the church to a Sunday meeting, and we've made it about our programs and our cool plan services, but God has created this church for more. He's created it for so much more. So what was God's idea when he started the church? You see, guys, we were created for community. We were created to be together, to love one another, to serve one another, to live life together. If we had to open our Bibles and see how the early church did it, what do we get? What do we see when, you see, when we see the scriptures? What was their focus? These are questions that we have to ask ourselves. The big question is, what was Jesus' focus when he was on earth? Because if our identity is in Christ and we are called to live like him and be Christ-like, then we must ask ourselves the question, how did Jesus model his life? This is what he did. Jesus prioritized people. Jesus' ministry was about people. Jesus spent time with people. He ate with people. He served people. He loved people. And he died for people. He died for us. Jesus prioritized people. In Matthew 22, verse 36 to 39, um, the disciples asked, Teacher, which is the greatest command, commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, To love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your soul. This is the first and greatest command. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. These are two of the greatest commandments in the Bible, is to love God with all our hearts and all our minds and all our souls. But it's also to love people. Because to love God with all our hearts, that's who we are. We are His children, and our identity is in Him. And the second greatest command is to love His people. It's, the greatest, it's one of the greatest commands because Jesus prioritized people. We were never called to live our lives in isolation, but in community. Because community is God's idea. Now when I talk about community, I'm not talking about groups, small groups. I'm actually talking about a culture, a value system, where we make loving people a priority in our lives. Because Jesus did. And we need to be Christ-like. We need to do what he did. When we make God and people a priority, suddenly our Sunday services become family-like. Our groups become closer. Our gatherings start to grow in Jesus and with one another. Suddenly, it becomes about others. And that is the call of God on our lives, is to love him and to love others. I want to encourage you with that, guys. Think of the neighbor next to you. Think of the person behind you. Think of the person in front of you. That's the church, guys. The church was never supposed to be an isolated thing, a one-day event. It's an everyday life. We live together, and it's amazing. 
in John 3, verse 33 to 34, um, Jesus says, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, to love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Jesus is saying here that the world will know that we are his disciples by the way we love one another. Not how well we preach, or how we sing during worship, or how many times we come to church during the week or in the year, or how many Bible studies we've done. All those things are extremely important and necessary in the Christian faith. But are we known for how we love our neighbor? We have to look to ourselves and ask that question, are we known for how we love? Are we known for how we love people? And I don't just mean in words saying I love you, but in action, in deed. Because Christianity is practical. It's practical. So my question today for Christian Center is this. What will Christian Center be known for? Will we be known for the worship, the word, the big building? The things that we do throughout the week or will be known for how we love God and love others? How we love one another? And one of the greatest examples of living people living in community occurred in the early church as described in Acts 2.42. One of my favorite scriptures that I've read um, when we did, when we went through the book of Acts together as the church, it really just impacted me um, because I read it differently when, we started, when I started reading it with people and I just, just, God gave me this massive revelation of what the church is called to be. Um, and we see how the church exploded um, in the book of Acts and how it started to grow at a, rap at a rapid pace. So in Acts 2.42 it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now according to this verse, it's obvious that the early believers practiced, um, sorry, according to, it's obvious that the early believers devoted themselves to four simple practices. It was to teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayers. And I think we can all agree that there isn't something, there isn't anything so fancy about that. It's actually quite simple, those four practices. They are all extremely simple and doable. So what's the first one? It talks about biblical teaching, right? This is so important as we form community and relationships with one another. You see, the problem with a lot of churches is that we focus a lot more on the gathering and not on the Word of God. And then we become this happy club, having fun and meeting a lot, but not being rooted in God's word. Because reading his word gets us closer to him, but it also matures us and it connects us. Because we have a goal in common. It's to know him. So in Romans 15 verse 4 to 5, it says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. So that through endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus did, had. So that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We see as we read the word together, it gives us hope. It encourages us. And when we start to read the word, we start to have one mind and one voice who glorifies the Father. That's why it's so important to be rooted in his word so that we may be unified in him. It's not just that we read the Bibles in our own time, in our own space, which is important, but that we read the word together so we can pursue God together so that we can encourage one another. 
that when we're down and we're feeling despondent, we can be rooted in the word so, we, so that we can preach life and we can speak life into people's lives. So let's not just read the word on our own, but let's gather together as a community and seek him. Let's read the word together and let's discover Jesus more and more together. And then the second part of the four practices is fellowship. Now, if you guys know me, I love people. I'm a super social guy. I love spending time with people and this is an awesome thing. So fellowship simply means having things in common or participation and friendship. You see, when you surround yourself with like-minded people, it builds you up. It encourages you and equips you to go out and share the love of Christ with those who don't know him. Like I said, we were never created to be on our own. We were created for fellowship. See, guys, Jesus has to be bigger than our Sunday. He has to be bigger than our Sunday. We have to realize this. If being part of Christian Center only means you come to church on a Sunday, then I want to encourage you to do more than that. If that's been your life as a member of Christian Center, I want to encourage you to do more than that. Meet someone. Build a relationship. Connect with one another. Join a group. There's so much space for this church to come alive. To love one another. Imagine how powerful this church would be. And how impact we would have in the city if each and every one practiced that. And if each and every one of us in this room thought about the other person before they thought of themselves. Because this, is, was, this was God's calling. This was God's plan for the church was to love one another, to uplift one another. In Hebrews 10 verse 24, it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, all the more as you see the day approaching. You see, the only way we can consider spurring one another on is by knowing one another. You see, when we're in community, we live life together, we celebrate together, we cry together, we carry one another's burdens, we confide in one another, we read the word together and we pray together, we involve one another in each other's lives. It's not a program, it's life. It's life. We love each other not just in words, but in deed. And Hebrews encourages us not to neglect the gathering while meeting together. One of the devil's tactics is to isolate you so that we don't have people to lean on in times of trouble. Because life can be cruel and life can be tough. And life can sometimes suck and it can be a lonely place. And so the devil will try and isolate you so you can take you down. The devil's not here to play games. He's here to rob you. He's here to kill you and he's here to destroy you. It's very serious. This is why it's so important to be around in community. Because the devil knows that if we love one another, if we serve one another, if we honor Christ together, he has no chance in breaking the church apart. Um, <clears throat> so he will try and isolate you so he can take you down, but when you have others around you to love you, encourage you, and pray for you, it helps you and it strengthens you. Live life with people that can uplift you. And the third one, the third practice mentioned in Acts 2.42 is the breaking of bread. Um, now this refers to having communion or the Lord's Supper or it could be just sharing a meal together. Regardless, it's been my experience that when you gather around a table together to share a meal or the Lord's Supper, something powerful happens. It's intimate. 
and makes people feel safe and welcome. Gods come down, people open up and healing happens. One of the final things Jesus did, I actually mentioned this during Easter, one of the final things Jesus did with his disciples was he had supper with his disciples. He met around the table. One of the final acts he did with his disciples, he had a meal with them. And what that does, it invites people into your space. It invites people into your personal life so that you can connect with people. That's what Jesus did. He used the table to connect with people. He went into people's homes to share life with them, and the disciples followed after that. They didn't just gather in church buildings, but in homes, because it was personal. They shared resources with one another, and they loved one another. That's why the church was so powerful. And in Romans 12 verse 9 it says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. So let's be, let's be sincere in the way we love one another. Let's not, let's not just do it because someone told you to do it. Let's do it because we want Christ to change our hearts so that we can genuinely love people. So that we can be sincere in our love. And let's cling to what is good. Let's cling to what is good. Let's cling to being in a healthy community, in a healthy church community. Let's cling to the word of God. Let's cling to prayer. And then it says here in the next part of the verse 9, it says, be devoted to one another. Are we devoted to one another? Devotion. Consistency. Are you devoted? Do you have someone within Christian center that you're devoted to in love? Because like I said, love is action. It's not just words. It has to go more in words it has to be deeper than that and in the last part it says honor one another above yourselves like I said in the beginning it's not about you it has to be about others and it can be tough sometimes putting others before yourselves but thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit that can change our hearts that can encourage us to think of others before we think about ourselves because we will become a church that's alive we'll become a church that thrives if we live that way and then the last part, the fourth practice is prayer. Prayer, all kind of prayer is powerful. But praying with others allows the Holy Spirit to knit hearts together. As only He can. There's just something that happens when we pray together. We become unified in the Spirit. Last night we had a worship evening after we watched the rugby. So we needed to like say Jesus. <laughs> Save our hearts. And my soccer team lost. <laughs> so the prayer was real yesterday. You know, it was like... Lord <laughs> but there was just something that happened last night there were about I think three or four different churches that were downstairs in the chapel um, we just worshiped together and we prayed and when that happened something just happened we were unified we were in a space where we could encourage one another where God could just move where we could give words of encouragement to each other and when we left there we just we felt a sense of of, of unity because that's what prayer does prayer unifies us in the spirit we become unified in the Spirit when we pray together. That's why it's so important that we pray together. Not just alone, but together. And in John 17 verse 20, it says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Now he's talking about all believers after he was praying for his disciples. Um, I pray, for, uh, pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me, and I in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Listen to that. Father, just as you are in me and I in you, may they also be in us 
Just like Jesus was unified with the Father, we need to be unified in the Spirit, connecting with one another, communing with one another, so that the world may know and believe that, that, um, that we have that Jesus sent us. That's amazing. The world will know that we are His disciples by the way we love one another. And then what happens after that? After Acts 2.42, after they do these four practices, what happens next? And in verse 43 it says, And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. I love that so much that the result of fellowship of believers stated plainly in verse 43, All came upon every soul. If this isn't an encouragement and motivation to be gathering on a regular basis with a committed group of Christians, then I don't know what is. But that's not all. In verse 44, it says, And all who believed were together and had all things in common. It's rare in today's world to have all things in common. Because everyone wants to be alone. Everybody wants to do their own thing. But that's what regular fellowship does to fellow believers who are pursuing the heart of Christ. We begin to die to ourselves and to live for the good of others and the glory of the Lord. Because the more we give of ourselves, the more we start to think of others. And then in 46, verse 46, it says, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. This verse points out two ways that the early believers spent time together, both in the church, in the building, and at home. Such is a reminder of the importance of corporate worship and being in a smaller group of believers, both public and private, bigger gatherings, and smaller ones. The Sunday gathering is important, guys, but it can't be the only thing that we do. It has to go beyond this. It has to. And then finally, the end result of this fellowship of believers is found in Acts 2, uh, verse 47. And the Lord added to the number day by day those who were being saved. How awesome is that? That the Lord blessed their obedience by adding to their number daily those who were being saved. And it wasn't the work of man. It wasn't the apostles that were doing this. This was God. This was them walking in obedience with the Lord. And what pressure does that take off our shoulders? Because we tend to try and save the world as Christians, which I'm guilty of. I tend to put people's problems on my shoulders and try to carry all that weight when Jesus is like Laurent. Give it to me. I'll do it. Be my vessel. Obey me. Allow me to change people because it's not my job to change people. It's my job to love people, to care for people, to serve people. That's what God's called us to be. He's not called to save people. That's his job. So let us be reminded about that. All we have to do is plant the seed. All we have to do is plant the seed and trust God to make them grow. But this is done in community. It's done in fellowship. This was the way of the early church. And we need to follow the same pattern. Do we now see the importance of gathering together? Living life together. Loving one another. Being devoted to one another. This is how God designed the church. It's been my experience that when we step outside of our comfort zone. To be in community with others. We tend to get, sometimes we tend to get nervous or scared because sometimes we, we struggle with like social anxiety or maybe we're just shy. But here's my encouragement to you. If you can't speak to a big group of strangers or people, start with one. Start with one and allow God to give you the confidence that you need. 
Because the Holy Spirit can give you that confidence that you need. He can. He can really give you the confidence that you need to walk this journey. Let's be encouraged, guys, that loving one another, serving one another, being devoted to one another is important. We have to live this way. We have to. And my Christian walk has been heavily impacted from being in a community. I actually got saved in a community group or a cell group. We used to call them cell groups back in the day. All the young people are like, what's that? Because apparently I'm called uncle now. <laughs> it's unacceptable. <laughs> um, I got saved in a cell group. I was impacted heavily by being in a group of people that I knew had my back, that loved me. Um, and what I've learned over the years since that day is that we need each other. We really do. It's clear when we read scripture that God desired community and unity among believers. Because I'm the kind of guy who naturally, if I'm struggling or dealing with stuff, I'll go within myself and I'll be like, I need to deal with this because I'm a Christian. I need to be strong. Instead of me allowing other people to know my burdens and my struggles, I'll kind of try to deal with it on my own. Because I'm like, I need to be strong enough. But that's not what God's called us to be. The Bible actually speaks about carrying each other's burdens. Being there for one another. And that's what God has taught me. And even this year, um, like there's been times in this year that I've been super overwhelmed just with work and life. And the pressure of work and life just has been quite difficult. Um, and God gave me this word a, a couple of weeks ago that I, I really just feel in my heart that I need to share. Um, because I think sometimes a lot of us struggle with that and sometimes we, we stay isolated because of that. And in the times that I've struggled and the times that I sometimes forget to say, hey, Dion or someone, I need help. Can you pray with me so that we can carry one another's burdens? God showed me and he told me about two weeks ago, he's like, Laurent, you've been a soldier for so long, you forgot how to be a son. Being a soldier for so long, you forgot how to be a son because I thought, no, I've got this responsibility. I've got this, I'm a leader. I need, to, I need to have it all together. And I was soldiering on for so long, I just forgot how to be a son. I just forgot to say, Lord, I need you. You know, sometimes we can be prideful, not asking for help. But the reality is, it's not just one person's responsibility to lead the church. God leads his church. And each member plays their part in loving one another and serving one another. Imagine how better life would be and how great life would be if we helped one another. When you struggle, I struggle. When you celebrate, I celebrate. Imagine, you know, there were times in my life that I needed help financially and I had friends that just blessed me. There have been times that where I've been in um, like a good financial position where I've been able to help people, where I've been able to be there for people, to love them. And we all need to think this way. We have to think about others. We have to. It's so important, guys, because this is what the church is called to be, a community that loves one another. And as I get to the closing, I, the God gave me this word last week, and I want to share it with you guys. I heard the Lord say to me, if we learn to love, we learn to serve. If we learn to love, we learn to give. If we learn to love, we learn to forgive. Forgiveness is important. There's some things that we've been holding on to each other. Rivalries, 
And sometimes in relationships we fight and we hold on to things. But God has called us to forgive as He forgave us. Forgiveness is part of it. You see, and when we do this, when we learn to love, it stops becoming about me and it starts becoming about Him and others. Our lives must reflect Him. And if His life reflected community, then so must ours. It's time that we wake up and we become a church that's alive. A church that's known for how we love God and how we love one another. It's time we start to think of our neighbor not just in thoughts or in words, but in deed, in action, so that we can become a community that thrives. Here's my advice. Don't just sit by and be a Christian that sits and does nothing. Allow Christ to change your heart so that you can be like Him. So that we can all be a community of believers. Because this is, what, this is what God's called the church to be. And one of the words that I... Sorry. Am I, am I doing something wrong? I thought Jesus was coming. <laughs> um, and one of, the, one of the things that I just felt like that the Lord wanted to communicate today is that the Lord is saying that there's some of you, or I think a lot of us, that are feeling lonely. That feeling like we don't belong. Whether you're young or old, we feel like we don't belong in the church. We feel like we're too broken, we're too messy, and we're not good enough for the church. We're not good enough to be vulnerable because if we're scared, if we be vulnerable, then people are going to judge us. But guys, the reality is this, we're all broken. We're nothing without Jesus. We place our identity and our worth in Christ, and He sustains us. He gives us our worth. We have to be rooted in Him. We started off with identity, now we're speaking on the body. It has to start with Him. It has to, our lives need to be rooted in Christ so that we can love others. It has to start with Him. If we just try and do it without Him, then we're just another happy club. But this is about Jesus. It's about His glory, it's about His kingdom, it's about what He wants, and community is His idea. So I want to encourage you guys, to love one another. Really love one another. Don't just hear this message and go home and then go back to normal, but be encouraged, be challenged. Be challenged. And it can be difficult, but it's a journey that God can change our hearts. You never believe that I actually was never so like bubbly. Seriously. God just changed my heart. I only gave people attention that I liked. And over the years, I really just asked God to change my heart because I knew that my heart was, it was broken. And I asked Christ to come into my life and I asked Him to help me. I asked the Holy Spirit to guide me, to teach me how to love other people. I used to hate serving. I didn't like serving others. I wanted to be served. I wanted to sit on my chair and like, give me coffee, give me this, give me that. But now God's giving me a heart to serve because that's what the Holy Spirit does. He changes us from the inside out. It has to start with Jesus. Jesus.